a very warm welcome to you and thank you for joining us on this Sunday afternoon, the 20th of July 2019. My name is Hussein Ibrahim and today it's your time to give your views a voice. And by that I mean getting active on our program right now. You can get dialing on the number 089-310-8789. And today we're discussing some of the top stories of the past week from the sardine shoals to the on-again, off-again and on-again testimony of Jacob Zuma at the State Capture Commission, the trials of Minister Praveen Gordon and the passing of legendary musician Johnny Clegg. This week has had its fair share of headline news. It's also been a sad week as South Africans and the world mourn the death of iconic musician Johnny Clegg. The 66-year-old Maskandi artist was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer in 2015. The singer died in his Johannesburg home on Tuesday. The music icon leaves behind his wife of 31 years and two sons. He was 66. Soleka Kodashe compiled this report. I actually was devastated. I felt really, really miserable that somebody with, of his stature and somebody who's con- contributing so much to South Africa and the whole uh, business of social cohesion in South Africa should pass away so early in his life. For me, you know, 66 is just like, it's nothing, honestly. It's ridiculous that he's not allowed the time to just take a little break initially, though, because he's just done a world tour. Your dance company, Surya Langa, performed a Johnny Clegg song at Nelson Mandela's inauguration. Why did you choose such a song for that uh, special occasion? 1994, that most euphoric time, that most amazing time when we were getting our first black president. Now, I was allowed to vote. I was already a lecturer, but I'd never voted in my own country, in the country of my birth uh, before. It was so exciting for me to be, understand how that real part of my life was clarified. I was looking at different pieces and I wanted to actually use some wonderful Maskandi rhythms, some some beautiful Isizulu poetry, because I live in KwaZulu-Natal and the majority of the people in my part of the world speak Isizulu and I, I love the language and love the rhythms and I was looking for a piece and I actually talked to students at the University of uh, Devon Westville, which it was then, and we all discussed this together and um, we came up with looking at a couple of songs and the one was uh, Johnny Kidd and Sabuka's Asim Bonanga, which just, I, I think it was a perfect fit for me. How would you describe the strides that Johnny Clegg's music has made in terms of social cohesion and bringing a once divided nation together? That particular concert was called Many Cultures, One Nation. And I actually think he is, he he epitomizes that. He's called the White Zulu in other parts of the world. He's taken our beautiful uh, traditions to other parts of the world. And he allows himself 
to be subsumed by all these kinds of cultures that are that are continuously surrounding him. I think it's fortuitous that he actually passes on at this time because I just have this lovely idea of how wonderful the, the birthday celebrations are going to be in heaven and how he's going to really be dancing in the arms of that warm embrace that Madiba gives everybody when he actually sees them. And Johnny Clegg is now going to be dancing with him at his birthday party in heaven. And that day, Professor Surya Governor of the Surya Langa Dance Company talking there to Newsbreak's uh, Tashla Naidu. Now, uh, this uh, debuted at the 1994 inauguration of the late former President Nelson Mandela and she performed live with Clegg on stage. Governor says uh, this was the uh, epitome of social cohesion in South Africa and inspired by Mandela's vision of intercultural harmony. Now, uh, we we're going to bring you a report, a special report by Zuleka Tudashe next. Every day uh, is a is a new day. It's it's something which you learn to uh, deal with. And family, friends, my wife, my children, they are a very important part of of, of my support group, my team. I've been living in an empty room, walking in someone else's shoes. Away. The curtain has closed and the mic has been hung. Clegg's battle with cancer came to an end yesterday as the singer, who was surrounded by his family at the time of his passing, took a final bow. In 2017, the Grammy-nominated singer announced his retirement from the music industry as a result of cancer. Prior to that, Clegg was fondly known as the White Zulu for his command of the language. His unique blend of African Zulu rhythms and Western pop accentuated Clegg as a symbol of change in the 1970s and 80s. His manager, Roddy Quinn, highlights the impact Clegg had in the country. I think he played a major role in South Africa, letting people learn about other people's cultures and bringing people together. Clegg's rebuttal of the apartheid regime and its systems could be noted in his work. Asim Bonanga, released in 1987, was dedicated to former President Nelson Mandela and was a portrayal of the singer's unequivocal stance on non-racialism. When I wrote the song, it was like an, an impossibility that, that, that the change would come so soon, you know what I mean? And, and if, it was like a, an 11-year um, flashback, uh, and, and I realized the, the power of music, you realize the power of the song, you realize um, there's a place uh, in, in music and in culture for very deep and very um, powerful moments to be, to be created and shared. government has also sent condolences to the Click family and applauded him for his efforts on social cohesion. Zole Kakotashe in Johannesburg. In truth we have spoken that the wind has blown away. Oh, it's 
And that report by Zuleka Odashe, it's exactly 1.15. This is Newsbreak on Lotus FM. I'm Hussein Ibrahim. Remember, feel free to give us a call this afternoon. Our number again, 089-310-8789. Or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. Our guest in studio is former Sharks board head of operations. And that's Mike Anderson Reed. We'll be talking to him in a short while. And let's uh, talk about our four main talking points that you could give us a call and discuss with us this afternoon. Uh, firstly, what do you make of former President Jacob Zuma's appearance at the State Capture Inquiry last week? You can share a comment or perhaps pose a question to South Africa at large. Uh, Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon described as a person of commitment and integrity by President Cyril Ramaphosa, who came out in strong support of him. We asked today what you make of that report by Public Protector Busi Siwem Kwebane. We paid tribute to Johnny Clegg, a universal man who bridged worlds and communities. There is an outpouring of grief for this iconic South African who touched the lives of millions. And up next, we have uh, sardine and maritime expert Mike Anderson Reed in studio, who has been tracking the sardine shoals for over 40 years. So do call in and have your say in asking him all your questions. And he could also clarify rumors or WhatsApp broadcasts, uh, which have all sorts of claims on the dwindling sardine shoals. Now, long live the spirit of the great heart. A memorial service for music legend Johnny Clegg is to be held on Friday the 26th of July at the Santon Convention Centre in Johannesburg from noon. Admission to the service is free, but the public is being urged to reserve their seats by collecting their ticket at any ticket outlet from today. There will also be an unreserved standing area at the venue. Clegg died in his Johannesburg home on Tuesday at the age of 66 after succumbing to pancreatic cancer. He was laid to rest in a private ceremony on Wednesday. He is perhaps best known for his 1988 hit, Great Heart. When I'm searching for a great heart to stand me by Underneath the African sky A great heart to stand me by Let's go to the uh, lines now, and we've got Salvan on the line. Good afternoon, Salvan. Hi, how are you, sir? I'm good, Salvan. You have a comment for us? Yes, I do. That's why I called. Look, I'm going to just speak about Johnny Clegg. Firstly, I like the way you played that last music, Akimba. And I want to just say once yet again, social cohesion. We, I'm going to miss Johnny Clegg. And uh, with all the controversies and the problems that we have in the country, we need more people to emulate our late Ashimba and Johnny Clegg. And the other point I'd like to raise is music, as you were saying, is what has brought us together. And I pray and plead with the people of this country to continue with that social cohesion, particularly to bring one together. Since you have four topics, very quickly I must say that the problem with Kevin Gordon is not really called for because he was doing his job. So I think once yet again, even when Jacob Zoom, uh, sorry, Nelson Mandela was alive, Music was incredible, and I think the politics of this country needs to incorporate more people like Johnny Clegg. Hussein, you have a fabulous day. Keep up the good work. Thanks to Lotus for creating the awareness. Rachel, thank you too. 
Salvan, Salvan, just before you go, I'd like to ask you, now Johnny Clegg, he learned both the Zulu language and the unique style of Maskandi guitar from uh, Charlie and Zima and formed his first musical partnership with Sipo uh, to create uh, music. From an early age, his interactions with black musicians and migrant workers drew the attention of the apartheid authorities and led to his detainment by police. So Salvan, I ask you this afternoon, how would you say he contributed towards that social cohesion which is present but still needs much to desire in South Africa. You're talking about Johnny Clegg? That's it. Oh, in, you know, firstly, I just love the rhythm of those music. Incredible. The music was incredible. But the manner in which he gave his heart and his soul, he didn't just get onto the podium because he wanted to do music and get heard. That man was like us. And I, I, I plead and beg the rest of the communities in this country to realize that when you have people of the caliber of Johnny Clegg, who are trying to create social cohesion. Join them. Join them and get that togetherness in our country. And I promise you, like they had in the United States, our South Africans who were led by a white orchestra and it was national, international. Johnny Clegg was like that as well. So to answer your question again, Usain Bai, I think Johnny Clegg, music has really contributed to the social cohesion in this country. Main soul, rest in peace. Thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Salvan. And I've got a WhatsApp message that uh, came through. Hi, Hussein. By the fact that Zuma has a problem with being cross-examined, bears testimony that he is guilty of state capture. Uh, he wants to capture the Zonda Commission. The Commission must not uh, uh, fall to Zuma. He must be treated like any other citizen. And if Zuma claims that he is innocent, he must have his day in court where he can be cross-examined. And that message from Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. Rather interesting there. And we've got another call on the line, Louis Pillay. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. I think it's a sad day for us today, if you're comparing to all the week that you had some highlights. I think Chief Albert Jotuli, he passed away today in 1967. I think he was a true leader, and our future leader should take a leaf out of his book. And Albert Jotuli was our chief, and he was a great man. Talking about the white Zulu, Johnny Clerk. I think he was one of the greatest persons that you can ever find mixing up with people. And today he brought diversity into the country, especially the KZN area. And I think Johnny Clerk's songs brought back so much of memories. And Manila himself thanked him for that. Thank you. Mr. Play, thank you very much for that comment. And uh, yes. that's very, very interesting that you mentioned. But uh, in these ways, Johnny Clegg provides a model for our own times and for the younger generation of South Africans. Although the legal barriers are gone in terms of what he faced during the apartheid era, uh, sadly, the social divides remain. And uh, Mr. Play, with that said, yes. what sort of courage and de- determination is sort of needed in society today? Yeah, I think I think when he brings about not only that, but he brought about diversity, and diversity is one of the things that we must we must practice. We must form a diversity forum in South Africa to bring about all types of cultures and people together. I think he did a great thing, and also regarding Praveen Gordon, I think he he is one of the most intelligent person in Parliament at the moment, and with him to stand and face all this. Uh, allegations and I think you know he was a, another true leader and for him to be in the finance and to run the country I think Praveen Gordon he, he, I can take off my cap for him Praveen Gordon is a great leader and a great uh, uh, community person thank you
Thank you very much for that comment there, Mr. Pillay. We do know Gordon maintains that there was no legal obstacle to SARS establishing investigating units to strengthen tax compliance. And we would be unpacking that as we progress in later on into the program. But uh, let's get straight to our guests now. And joining me in studio today is somebody who, let's just say, described as the mother of the sardine run. Mike Anderson Reed. He has been actively involved in sardine activity for many years. That's around 40 years. Mike, good afternoon and, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, good afternoon and welcome to the listeners. Great stuff. So, firstly, are you a fan of the late Johnny Clegg? Very much so. Um, I played in a band for 11 years during my younger, younger years, and um, he was one of the guys that certainly inspired us um, with his music, um, even got us dressed up in bare shoes doing our music as well during one of our sets. And uh, I think it's a, a great loss to the country. Now, Mike uh, Anderson-Reed, you retired from this job uh, that you held for over 40 years at the Kazulu Natal Sharks Board. What an illustrious career. I'm sure you have many a fishy tale to share with us, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there are lots of, of tales, you know, during that time. Um, one thing that uh, that really sticks in my mind is, is, is the time we went up and did the rescues in Mozambique um, during the floods um, in 2001 and then 2010 again. That was a, a very, very difficult time and a very exciting time for us. All our guys are obviously all seagoing guys, and to go into those raging rivers and to help those people out is something that sticks with me. And what would be the most challenges you faced during that rescue mission? Well, the, the problem up there is there's no logistics, so you have to take everything that you, you, you want yourself. Um, there's not much medical assistance up there, um, and it's just working in an area where you've never been before on rivers that are running very, very strongly. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it's it, all in all was was you know a great adventure, and to help all those people, um, to see people that, that that are in such such trouble and in such dire need to go and help them is something that's very special. To. So, Mike, I'd like to ask you this afternoon, what ignited your passion for what you did for over forty years? I'm aware as a child uh, you began this. Uh, I suppose I've always grown up on the coast. Um, I've spent from the earliest time that I can remember in the water. Um, my dad was a great fisherman, and so I obviously got that passion for the sea from him. Um, I then spent time in the Navy, um, doing my military service at that time. And that's also sea going as well, so I was out at sea for 18 months. And from that, always had an interest in sharks, always had a fear of sharks in, in my early days. And, uh, yeah, that's just where I started off and that's where I've ended up. Yes, indeed, Mike. Just finally, before we continue on the program, what would be some of the memorable moments and achievements in your career? As I say, the rescues in Mozambique, um, that was very, very exciting. Um, We've been trying at the Sharks Board to try and develop a non-lethal way of of keeping sharks and bathers apart for for many, many years. And that's progressed. I would have liked to have seen it progress a lot more during my time at the Sharks Board. Um, Unfortunately, technology takes time and things like that. But uh, one day I would like to see it when we don't have nets in the water or drum lines in the water and uh, people can go and swim safely with a non-lethal way of keeping sharks and bathers apart. Like uh, my colleague, my producer, Rachel Vardy, tapping me on the side here and asking me to obviously ask you, how do you overcome the fear of sharks? 
when when you start working with them, um, initially we had this. I had this great fear. Um, from there, we moved in, and having worked with them in the water for many, many years and all that, you realise that it, 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 shark attack is something. It's unfortunately Jaws didn't do the shark any any good. Um, the movie. Um, it was a great movie, but it put this instilled this fear of sharks in people, and uh, I was one of them. Um, but as I say, having worked with them in the water and seeing you know what they are in the water and how beautiful they are in the water, it's it's very unfortunate that they they have to be taken out to protect bathers. Mike, I'll tell you, let's leave it there with you for now. And remember, uh, if you're out there and have any questions concerning the sardine run, something that has been on your mind, perhaps you want to ask Mike something around how he's managed to track the silvery fish over the years. Or if you just would like to salute him for his contribution to society, please give us a call now, 089-310-8789. Even if it's just a sardine-related question that you may have, or maybe you spotted the sardine somewhere during the course of this week and we don't know about it, you can alert us but please uh, one thing I must say Mike won't be able to give you any recipes on how to prepare your sardines or maybe he will <laughs> Mike <laughs> no, I've got my recipes uh, a very simple one just uh, roll them in, in, in um flour and masala and fry them and eat them. That's the best. 100%. Mike, uh, we will be back with you in a short while, but similar to the and uh, now you see me, now you don't sardines, uh, we'll be bringing you an update on that. But first, let's go to the lines now. And I'm aware we've got Mr. Das on the line. Good afternoon, Mr. Das. Uh, Mr. Das here. you I refer to Mr. Suma's story. Every question that Jaja asked him, Tony uh, uh, asked him, he said he don't remember, he don't remember. What kind of person goes to parliament? Is he an indigenous person go to parliament? I remember when I was 10 years, 11 years, I know all my school headmasters and teachers, where I worked, how come he doesn't know? He is the one that brought the Gukla brothers and stole our money from the country. When the Gukla brothers did lavish money, they put a big same temple in every mountain with all our money. So I was found guilty and sent to prison. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Dasa. And we would be continuing with that. Uh, let's uh, shift focus now. And the appearance of former President Jacob Zuma has also come under the spotlight this week. Zuma appeared at the State Capture Commission to respond to allegations leveled against him by several witnesses, especially around his relationship with the Gupta family. Now, while he did take to the stand, answering questions put to him, at the end of the week, Zuma's lawyers had indicated that he would be pulling out, and this is due to his unhappiness about being cross-examined, in breach of the commission rules. Deputy Chief Justice Raymond Zonra's intervention led to an agreement between former President Jacob Zuma's legal counsel and the commission. You can uh, call us in studio and give us your reaction to that uh, agreement. And following this meeting, uh, before I play you the story from Namalizo Mandela, remember you can call us, give us your views on Zuma. Perhaps you have a theory which you would like to share. Now here's Namalizo Mandela with the latest. A deal which is hoped will resolve the concerns of former President Jacob Zuma and the Commission's legal team has been brokered. Deputy Chief Justice Roman Zondo explains. The Commission's legal team will indicate to his legal team what the commission's areas of interest are in each witness's statement or affidavit on which the commission or they would like the former president to testify. 
and that thereafter the former president would then provide through his legal team statements that indicate what he has to say on the incidents or areas of interest. Earlier, the former president's legal team had announced that their client would no longer participate in the state capture inquiry. The commission had adjourned on Wednesday to allow the parties to chart a way forward. This proved fruitless. Zuma's lawyer, Moses Kakane. We came here to tell you that we want to explore the option of going to our courts to challenge what we think is your decision, but you've told us it's not. In any event, I have an ethical duty myself. I believe that a client, a witness, like any witness, must be treated fairly. And at this point, I'm not certain that I would be doing my ethical duties if I proceeded in these proceedings. I think, Chair, I'm I'm imploring you. I think there's something wrong, not with you, not with uh, any particular person. I'm pleading with you, sir, to really, really check whether your process has not become a political process. The commission's advocate, Paul Pretorius, also stuck to his guns, insisting that his questioning of Zuma is valid in light of the inquiry's rules. We do not believe and we deny that Mr. Zuma's procedural objections, complaints and reservations are valid. His rights and the integrity of the commission will be fully safeguarded by continued adherence to the Commission's Act, regulations and rules, and there's no proposal uh, that the legal team would make to deviate from those provisions. Indeed, we cannot uh, deviate from the Act, the regulations and the rules. Following an announcement of the deal after a session in chambers with the chair, the former president appeared appeased. I think no one should have a wrong impression that the raising of the concerns was just done in order to disrupt processes. These were genuine concerns that needed to be looked at. So I'm happy that uh, we found a solution so that this commission will be able to move to its finalities with our contributions. Um, I'm sure that adds the confidence we have on you as a chair uh, that the task before you, you will be doing it with all uh, honesty, uh, with the, an aim to find the solutions at the end. The commission has not indicated when Zuma will once again appear before it. As to how the new way of working between the two legal teams will play out is yet to be seen. And that report there by Zuleika. Now, President Cyril Ramaphosa will brief the nation on public protector Busi Siwem Kwebana's report and allegations that he violated the Executive Ethics Code of Conduct, and this is related to the Bosasa donation. The president announced that Ramaphosa will hold uh, the briefing in Pretoria today at 6 p.m. at the Union Buildings. Mkwebana on Friday found that Ramaphosa deliberately misled Parliament when he responded to a question about a 500,000 rand donation to his 2017 ANC presidential campaign from controversial company Bosasa in November last year. Remember, you can uh, give us a call this afternoon on 089-310-8789 or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. Our guest this afternoon is former Sharks board head of operations, Mike Anderson-Reed. I've got a WhatsApp message that uh, came through here. What grieves and irks me is the attitude of this government as regards to the Johnny Clegg passing. State-assisted funeral f- funerals at level 1, 2 or 
whatever are dished out to all and uh, from politicians to exiles, uh, etc. Even children dying in taxi-related school transport accidents caused by driver negligence. And even the Bafana, uh, Bafana keeper Mieni got a fully paid funeral. Why was a great uh, patriot like Johnny Clegg denied this? And that message from Viren Raju Harinagar in uh, Chatsworth. Another message that uh, has come through, good afternoon, Hussein and the Newspeak team. I think that there's more racism now than in the apartheid days. Where is the new dawn and why can't we all be like the late Johnny Clegg, a legend in the music industry who touched the hearts of so many and brought people of different races together through his music. He may have left a void in our hearts, but his music will still live on. May his soul rest in peace. And that message from Rene uh, Palais, that is Arena Park in uh, Drive. Uh, another message from Sean Gopal. Uh, good afternoon, Hussein Bai. South Africa is on a very slippery slope economically. The government is saturated with politicians who are credible, who are not credible, uh, honest and committed. The large-scale corruption and the ANC's lack of commitment to eradicate its rot is a hampering progress and investment. It's sad that those implicated are treated with respect. I have lost uh, faith in any inquiries as, as it appears transparent uh, but lacks uh, teeth in taking decisive action. The Marikana inquiry and life is a demania inquiries in question. They explore the problem but fail to hold those responsible to criminal prosecution. So how is the Zonda Commission of Inquiry different? And you can uh, give us a call in studio and give us uh, your thoughts on that. 0893108789. That message from Sean Gopal. And staying with news coming out of uh, government, President Sil Ramaphosa has come to the defense of Public Enterprises Minister Veen Gordon against EFF leader Julius Malema. The budget vote for the Department of Public Enterprises presented by Minister Praveen Gordon was disrupted by EFF MPs and during his reply to the presidency's budget debate, President Ramaphosa came to the defense of Gordon asking that court processes be allowed to take their course. Celine Merrington reports. In recent weeks, EFF members have had harsh criticism for Pravin Gordon after he challenged the public protector's finding that the so-called rogue unit at SARS was in violation of the Constitution. Gordon allegedly approved the unit when he was SARS commissioner. EFF MPs even disrupted Gordon's budget vote speech in Parliament this week. Ramaphosa called for the processes of the law to run their course. The extraordinary attack by Honorable Malema on Minister Gordon requires a response. I have appointed him to a critical and demanding position in cabinet because I know him to be a person of commitment and integrity. If Minister Gordon or any member of this administration has anything to answer for, they must be held to account. And in that regard, I will be saying to him, go and answer before a court of law. But allow that determination to be made by an appropriate judicial institution. After due process, let the law take its course. This is what our constitution demands. The SANDF has now been deployed to certain parts of the Western Cape, in particular the Cape Flats. And that report by Zaline Merrington. Let's head to the phones line where we've got uh, Faisal on the line. Faisal, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Good afternoon. Uh, interesting program. Uh, may uh, Johnny Clegg rest in peace. Uh, he made a good contribution to our country. You know, but uh, what uh, bothers me is the racism is taking place in the country at the moment. And uh, one particular group, a community, 
decides that they cannot be racist, but they are racist, they deny it. But unfortunately, I'd like to ask the question, if you're not racist, then you're a hate, you hate. And which is worst? Is racism worst or hating is worst? Thank you so much. Thank you very much for that, uh, Faisal. Faisal, if you are still there, I'd like to ask you what sort of uh, intervention uh, is needed from government in combating this? You know, government, there's so much corruption going on. And uh, just about when things looking like it's coming right, uh, we also have a problem with the DA and the EFF as well. Uh, now they're looking for little, little things uh, to get people like Praveen and uh, the, the, the president. There's never going to be peace and... Uh, there's no sign of the corruption going away as well. So when it comes to politics, who can you trust really? Thank you very much for that, Faisal. Now let's stay with the story. And the DA has called for the establishment of an ad hoc committee to deal with the findings of public protector Busisiwe Mkwebane. And this after Mkwebane found that President Cyril Ramaphosa had breached the Executive Code of Ethics and misled Parliament in relation to a 2017 Busasa donation for his campaign for the ANC presidency. Other opposition parties say the president should abide to these findings. Lulama Macha reports. DA leader Mose Maimane says the special committee he's proposing should interrogate the appropriate sanction for a president who has been found to have misled parliament. I'm, I'm satisfied by the extent of the investigation and therefore would argue strongly that in the finding that the president had deliberately misled parliament that that is a serious charge. That charge is not only in violation of the Executive Act, Ethics Act, it is also in violations of the Powers and Privileges Act. Because on that basis, we make it quite clear that no member is able to, in fact, violate or mislead Parliament. Other parties say President Ramaphosa must abide by the findings of the public protector unless he decides to challenge the report in court. Steve Swart of the ACDP and PACMP, Mzwane Lenyonzo, elaborate. As we know from our perspective, the findings of the public protector are binding until they are set aside by a court of law on review. And therefore, from our perspective, Parliament needs to deal with this issue. It has been referred to us now, and therefore we would support a parliamentary committee looking into this issue, whether it is an ad hoc committee or the ethics committee, and that is our position must abide to the findings of the public protector. If they were binding during Zuma's era, they are binding during Ramaphosa's era. Fortunately, yesterday, the president reminded us in the National Assembly that uh, nobody is above the law, including the president. So he must do the right thing and abide. However, ATM leader Vuyolwe Tuzungula insists Ramaphosa must step down. We are very disappointed by the... By, by the findings, you know, um, we come from a terrible period whereby a president was always in court for these kind of shenanigans. So we're disappointed that we are back in the same um, place that we were as a country a few years ago, where <clears throat> you needed um, public protector or the constitutional court to make any kind of judgment. So we appeal to Mr. Ramaphosa to do the honourable thing and step down because we do not want a situation whereby a sitting president has to be um, always be in the court in the courts of law. 
It's approaching 1.45. A very warm welcome to you and thank you for joining us on this Sunday afternoon, the 20th of July 2019. My name is Hussein Ibrahim and it's time to give your viewers a voice. Feel free to give us a call this afternoon. at number again 089-310-8789 or WhatsApp us on 071-613-7803. Our guest this afternoon is former Sharks board head of operations. That's Mike Anderson-Reed and our four talking points. What do you make of former President Jacob Zuma's appearance at the state capture inquiry last week? You can share a comment or perhaps pose a question to South Africa at large. Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon, described as a person of commitment and integrity by President Cyril Ramaphosa, who came out in strong support of him. We asked today what you make of that report by public protector Busi Sibem Kwebane. We pay tribute to Johnny Clegg, a universal man who bridged worlds and communities. And uh, the sardine run. Uh, we bring you the latest on that. And let's get back to our esteemed guests now. Mike, uh, it's over to you. How would you describe the state of the ocean in terms of how it transformed over the 40 years of your service? I think it, it, something that does concern me very much at the moment is uh, the amount of plastic pollution that we, we found in the in the sea. Um, I've noticed that over my times. I spend a lot of time paddling and a lot of time obviously out on the water. And um, it's really got bad now. I mean, one just got to go after the, we have a little bit of rain and go and have a look at the beaches and you can see all the plastic pollution, plastic and polystyrene. So that's a huge problem. The other thing that uh, I never, ever really took seriously was global warming um, and the oceans warming up. And um, when I look at how the sardine run has sort of gone from good to sort of little bit mediocre and now not so good um, I'm sure there's there's obviously a lot in, involved in that I'm not an oceanographer so I don't really know exactly what happens out there um, but uh, there certainly have been changes of, over the time that I've spent on the water Now Mike looking at your vocation your previous vocation that is what sort of opportunity and career satisfaction does a job in this field have for others uh, interested uh, perhaps interested youth who want to follow in your path um, it's it's a little bit difficult because it's a very very small organisation, um, and there's 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 not much. It's it's something that we're trying to change. As I say, the the shock knit and drumline situation. So there's not much scope for for employment in in the sector at, at this stage in time. Um, hopefully, we can get electrical barriers working, and that'll be diversified, and and we'll we end up with. Uh, Different requiring different skills um, to you know to deal with that possibly more divers um, more stuff on the beaches and all that to to control these cables if we ever get that right. Mike, I think the question on everybody's mind is the pattern in which sardines have been netted this year and being on and off, and some describe this year's sightings and nettings as rather unusual. If I could say your thoughts. Yeah, it's been a very mediocre run. Um, it didn't last long or it hasn't lasted long. Whether it's finished or not, it's probably difficult to say. These these fish are very, very difficult to forecast. Um, I think if you if you could forecast where the fish were going to be, you'd be a very, very wealthy man. Um, I'm hoping that we'll still see some more fish um, in, in the next in the forthcoming weeks. Um, maybe this cold snap and the, the, the bad seas that we have at the moment might bring them back on again. Um, otherwise, it's been a very poor year. 
Also, we've noticed this year that there's been a lack of gannets. You know, the, normally we have a lot of gannets, Cape gannets, that are, are with the, the shoals, and we haven't seen those in KwaZulu Natal. We've seen some juvenile gannets, but they're around here for most of the year. Um, but those big uh, flocks of, of birds haven't been with the fish. So it's it's a very strange year in terms of sardines that game fish haven't come on as they normally do um, from a fisherman's point of view. So, yeah, it hasn't been a great year at all. We have had a run. It's only been a week or 10 days long. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully next year is better if it's not finished this year. I'm hoping there's still fish to come. Definitely, we all hope for that. And I've just got a WhatsApp message that uh, came through here. Good afternoon, Hussein. Thanks for fantastic hands and news events. My pledge to the youth, follow the footsteps of Johnny Clegg and get involved in concerts and bring about peace, uh, peace that is, and harmony amongst different race groups uh, through songs. Like Johnny Clegg did uh, be the chain that links different race groups together. Don't break the links. And that message from Nareen. Let's head to another developing headline uh, this last week. Okay. My producer, Rachel Vardy, says we've got a call on the line. Louis Play, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. Uh, good afternoon to you and good afternoon to Mike. I want to take Mike back to history uh, regarding the sardines. I think if you look at the 1930, 1940, 1950, I know Mike, it's long before you were born, but that sardine run was famous in the Indian community. And if you're looking back in Finland, where the Indians lived with the sardines. And they actually, uh, whatever they caught, uh, that was the income. And that income was for the complete year. So the Indians were, were in favor of the sardines from the early days, right up to the 60s and 70s as well. It was a livelihood, especially in the Finland area. I want to ask you that we We've been studying the sardines at that time, coming coming from for Chepston and going back to East London and PE. And now only the scientists have proved from where they are coming from. If you can go back to history regarding the sardine run, thank you. Louis Pelé, thank you very much for that. And Mike, you want to react to that? Yeah, it's a, it's a interesting um, question that um, Louis has posed there. Um, the sardine run historic, historically, as far as I'm aware, to back my, my early days, um, was you know this big event that happened, and and the Indian community has always been it's been the excitement of the year for for certainly for for the Indian community. Um, the run itself over my time, which has only been 42 odd years of it, um, has gone up and down. You know, these things, nature works in cycles. So we have the, the dips and we have very quiet times and then it picks up again. And uh, But there certainly has been a decline in, in, in the number of fish that, uh, certainly I've seen in my time. I mean, it is a bit worrying, it's a bit concerning. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the biologists believe is going on, whether it's overfishing or whether it's, it's, it's global warming. But uh, yeah, Louis has a very good point there. I hope that answers your question, Louis Play. And I've got a WhatsApp message that's uh, coming through here. Good afternoon, Newsbreak. Sorry to say there's no justice in South Africa. If you've got money, you can do anything. Racist uh, is more than you can suggest. They won't bring back the debt the sentence. And this is more wanted in society. Peter uh, sent that message from Arena Park. I've got a call on the line. Patricia from Peter Maritzburg. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, um, Abraham Hussain. 
and to your guests in the studio, uh, and as well as all the listeners. Thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so, so very much mm-hmm. for having this uh, bag of uh, um, topics for the listeners to call and talk about. Uh, first of all, <laughs> coming to talking about the sardine run and sardines, as for me, I mean, the smell put me off. I remember <laughs> when I was newly married and pregnant, my husband, who, who was a seafood lover, bought a whole lot of sardines and brought home, and he wanted me to clean and fry them. And uh, which I did when I started spewing so much because the smell just put me off, you know. And I swore that I will never ever want to see a sardine or want to get the smell of sardine or even want to hear the name. But in any case, and up to today, I mean, I, I will actually I prefer other fish than to sardine. Um, okay, and I just want to say, talking about Praveen Gordon. I think he was an excellent finance minister, and uh, but I think um, um, but right now he's uh, being questioned about um, issues, and I think which he says I mean he's not guilty of, and at person he's only proved uh, he's innocent until he's proven guilty. And talking about Johnny Clegg, and. Um, I simply love his music. He was really a white uh, um, son of the soil of Africa and a son of Africa as well and uh, loved and uh, known the, not only in South Africa, the world over. We will surely miss him and the music industry as well together with the whole world. And uh, my heartfelt condolences goes out to his family, his extended family, his friends and all his fans and may his soul rest in peace. Thank you so much uh, uh, Hussain for taking my call. Patricia, just very, very quickly uh, if you could just answer this uh, perhaps you have something to say about the role that upcoming musicians can play in trying to create a path that is unique on the level of the late Johnny Clegg? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, even I mean, in, in our country, South Africa as well, there's lots of uh, talent and like sort of uncut uh, diamonds, uh, you know, hidden. And uh, yes, they just need a little uh, tap in the right direction. And uh, I mean, I'm also a very ardent uh, listener and uh, caller also of Lotus FM. And I actually hear to the, our local talent. You know, sometimes you can never differentiate between our local and uh, the overseas singers. They sound so much similar. And indeed, our country and our people of our country do have great talent. Thank you very much for that, uh, Patricia from Peter Maritzburg. I definitely can't invite you to my house for sardines. Let's get uh, Victor now on the line. Victor, good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon to everyone in the studio. Uh, what I want to say regarding the sardines, to me, uh, I get the picture that the Chinese are doing their job on the sea properly. Because I think it's actually in the shoal, that's why the shoal disappears, because they are eating our waters and they're cleaning our waters. And I don't think anybody is keeping a check on them, because they, they got a, the way I look at it, they got a monopoly on the, on the whole thing, the, the franchise. I think they've got a share. And uh, with it to Zuma's story, Zuma is a comrade, so being with all the other members of the comrades, there's a consortium that's fighting one another. People have been stealing, fair enough, they're getting found out, but they are uh, actually, the way I look at it, they are actually, uh, they, there's, there's a battle within themselves, so 
I don't think anything will happen to him. He's a powerful man. So, Victor, anyway, you can't say mm. he's wrong. You can't say mm. he's wrong. You can't say he's right. Victor, because, hello? Victor, I'd like to ask you, Nazuma has warned that those, uh, those he says are acting against him to stop it or risk him exposing their deeds. There seems to be much more ex- explosive evidence as well as mudslinging predicted to take place against some high-profile names. What do you think? You see, the problem is uh, there's, a, there's, there's like, it's like a group. It's a, it's like what you call the cabal. You know the cabal, so... The cabal is actually it's like split right now. They was mm-hmm. Ramaphosa and those with Zuma, you see. So therefore, you see, even when you see in Joburg right now, you get certain people who are already elected in parliament, they are standing next to Zuma himself to say, well, hey, they stand for him. Because at the end of the day, Zuma got his followers or his team. You know, his team of people that have been there, they've been, they've been eating. Fair enough. You don't say no government is, is innocent. Every government in the world they have been putting their fingers in the pie and eating the pie. But some people overhead the pie. They forget about the poor that's living in this country that are suffering, you see. Victor, interesting points coming through, and we would uh, discuss that and analyze that further on Newsbreak between uh, 6 and 7, Monday to Friday. But for now, let's cross to our esteemed guest, Mike Anderson Reed in studio. Mike has over 40 years' experience in the sardine run tracking and monitoring. Mike, I'd like to ask you, people sometimes think the sardine run is the only aspect of your career, but I'm sure uh, that there's much more to being an operations manager during the latter part of your career, that is. What would be some of the highlights? Uh, and description of your work title. I think um, from, from the operational side, it's basically just um, keeping an eye on the guys that go to see every day, um, dealing with the media. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have uh, been a, a, a pilot, so I fly airplanes. Um, it's probably one of the things that still keeps me sane today. Um, and then also I'm involved in commercial diving as well. I was a commercial diving instructor, and now I'm a bit over the hill for that. Um, but as I say, I'm still keeping the flying going, so that's that's wonderful. Um, it, you know, there are times when sardine run, when we in the old days, we never got the nets out in time, and we, we would kill a lot of sharks, and then we have environmentalists on the phone and environmentalists in the newspapers and all that. So it is a very diverse, very difficult job and that's probably why I ended up staying for so long because the the sharks board itself does a, a wonderful job under difficult circumstances and uh, they have they have conservation at heart although they kill sharks they have conservation at heart I mean I've got members of staff that swim a shark next to a boat that's barely alive to keep the thing going and then to to be able to release it um, so yeah it is a you know it's, it's a very diverse job very and it's outdoor that's the wonderful thing and Mike uh, finally very very quickly have you considered giving back to society by offering training of some sort possibly equipping youth with skills uh, that could be of use in today's job market? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing having done what I've done, you know. All I can do is, is, is basically um, give talks and, and try and instill um, conservation in, in, in the youth of today um, and, and then obviously try and make them aware of the issues we have with, uh, with plastic pollution, um, pollution of the oceans. And uh, if we don't look after those oceans, they, they're the things that give us the, the rain and everything and, uh, you know, it's something that's very important to do. So to answer your question very quickly I think it's just possibly giving back to to society by conducting talks and uh, chatting on the radio 
That's where we'll have to leave it. Uh, Mike Anderson Reed, legend of the Sardine Run, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome, Alex. way we'd have to leave you today's broadcast brought to you courtesy of my team executive producer Salma Patel Rachel Vardy and Tashla Naidu you keep it locked on to Lotus FM we appreciate you being part of our program stay tuned news up next